Welcome to another episode of the Media Boat Podcast, your weekly episodes for us talking about movies, TV, music, and video games, not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us. Today is October 3rd. What day is it? It's October 3rd. Thank you. Um, Why I'm wearing pink. For those of you watching the YouTube and this is episode 403 and uh yeah we'll try to do a quick one today not a whole lot to talk about so uh let's just go get going right into it well we got some thoughts in video games and tv some quick thoughts there yeah. uh but yeah let's start as we always do at the top with music section we start the music section with the billboard and we start the billboard with the hot 100 and once again everyone's seeing red but not the Taylor Swift version, because it's Paint the Town Red by Doja Cat. Coming in at two is Snooze by SZA. At three, Fast Car by Luke Combs. Coming in at four, Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. And running at your top five, I Remember Everything Everything. by Zach Bryan featuring Casey Musgraves. As for your album chart, your Billboard 200, at number one is Nostalgia by Rod Wave. At two, still at two, Guts by Olivia Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning that she only had that at number one for one week. Only one week. Mm-hmm. Only on that debut week. Uh, at number three, One Thing at a Time by Morgan Wallen. Coming at four is Scarlet by Doja Cat. And rounding at your top five, Zach Bryan by Zach Bryan. <laughs> if you didn't like any of those albums, we have new releases. Indeed. Starting with several songs about fire by A. Savage. Somewhere between the power lines and the palm trees by Dogstar. And if you're wondering why that sounds vaguely familiar, it might be because this is Keanu Reeves's 90s band come back to reunite. Wait, Dogstar <laughs> is Keanu Reeves's band? Yes, Keanu Reeves was in an alt-rock band in the 90s called Dogstar. They recently reunited and they're back with a new album. Yes. For some reason, I see Keanu Reeves as a bass player. You know what? I don't know what he plays. Google that another time, though. Let's try to get through the show first. Yes, because there's another dog album out there. For All the Dogs by Drake. I'll let you yes. determine who is who are the dogs. This was actually on our list a few weeks ago, but it got delayed. Uh, this is actually supposed to come out this week? Question mark. Unless Drake pulls it for, again. Yeah. Um, but then once he does, we will finally know who let the dogs out. <laughs> yes, Baha men show up. Yes, it was indeed Drake the whole time. <laughs> uh, there's also Crux by Glasser. Picture Perfect by Hannah Diamond. Goodbye Hotel Arcada by Mary Lattimore. Not That Fancy by Reba McIntyre. Yes, that <laughs> Judge Reba McIntyre. <laughs> uh, we are, sorry, Are We There Yet by Rick Astley. Yes. That Rick Astley. Yeah. 
Javelin by Surfin Stevens. Surfin? Yeah, Surfin. You want to try that again? Surfin. Surfin <laughs> Stevens. And lastly, The Rise and the Fall of, I'm oh, sorry, by the Rural Alberta Advantage. Yes. Canada's favorite band. <laughs> Something like that. All right. Well, there were so many music stories to get to. We got to pack them all into one tiny package that we call The Bits. The Bits. The Bits. And we start with, hey, Ed Sheeran, you know how he put an album last week? Well, yeah. he is donating a portion of the proceeds from sales of Autumn Variations, the album he put out last week, to music education nonprofit uh, Save the Music. If you don't know what Save the Music is, um, I also had to look this up. So it is an organization that raises money for educational music classes in your community, including at schools uh, for kids. So if you're wondering why your local schools stopped having music programs and you'd like to change that, donate to Save the Music and they'll help you out. Because writing to your senator will not change that. <laughs> Probably not. Well, maybe for the next 45 days, it may change that. <laughs> Very bad. Uh, elsewhere, though, hey, it's that time of year again. It's a record store day, yep. 2023 version. And this time, it will feature 175 exclusives, including some re-releases from artists including Dr. Dre, Post Malone, Margot Price, and more. Yeah, obviously we can't go through all 175 here, but the most notable thing about it in the article I read was is just the amount of classic hip-hop artists are doing uh, record releases this year. So if you're a hip-hop head, uh, Record Store Day might be for you this year. Is Did you see if there was any ambassador this year as Taylor Swift was it last year? No, it did not seem like that they're continuing in that path. Okay. Uh, well, speaking of R&B legends and hip-hop legends, <laughs> Tupac Shakur was in the news. But not for the thing you think he did, because for <laughs> the thing that was done to him, because oh, yeah. a man has officially been arrested in connection to the 1996 shooting of Tupac himself. Probably wondering why it took this long. I'm not really sure why it took this long. Uh, but yeah, I guess it wasn't a cold that cold of a case, and they were able to pick up a trail uh, of something that they had been tracking since 1996 and finally arrest a guy. So I don't know. Just goes to show you, sometimes it takes a long-ass time to figure it out. You know, 27 years in the making. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. What else around the music news? We have Epic Games. Um, you know, we talked about how they had bought Bandcamp and people were kind of up in arms and like wondering what they were going to do with it. Well, mm. turns out they're just going to sell them uh, <laughs> to Song Trader. Yes. So uh, a couple things about this story. Uh, one, yeah, uh, it was weird that Epic bought them in the first place. It didn't seem like a logical purchase for them. Turns out that they now agree with that statement as it was one of Many things, many cost-cutting procedures that they did last week. They also laid off a bunch of people. We'll talk about that in the video game bits a little later. But yes, they just realized that Bandcamp was an asset that they could lose, and so they sold it. So second thing, these guys, Song Trader, 
is literally a music like 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 licensing company it's really unclear exactly they're not a business that was a storefront for music it was not what they did now they will own Bandcamp, which is a storefront so i don't know if they're going to take advantage of that i don't know they're not a company with a history of doing something like this so it'll be interesting to see what happens um it is important to say though that you know when Bandcamp uh, was owned by epic it didn't really seem to change any of the use uh like whether from the artist side or from the buyer's side it seems like it was pretty much the same product that they bought whether or not Song Trader chooses to leave Bandcamp alone remains unclear. Uh, they made a statement on the day of the sale, though, that they would keep it a open platform for artists and uh, people who want to buy their music. So we'll see if they uh, live up to that statement. All right, well, that's good to hear. Potentially. We don't know. I mean, maybe this will get more people to Song Trader whatever the hell song trader does right uh oh anyways one of our big talking points on the music is the rock and roll hall of fame ceremony well typically when they get announced and inducted it shows up on hbo like two (laughs) months later yeah well that's no longer the case as it will now be live streamed on not hbo max like you might think but no disney plus Yes. Into the music game and live streaming. It appears uh, that they are taking a page from their um, Elton John concert uh, here, uh, because Elton John is one of the people who is set to perform at this induction ceremony. So they're just taking that path right and following Elton wherever he goes and is going to live stream this as well. I did watch that live stream. It did look like it was kind of interspliced with a lot of too much close-ups at times mm-hmm. so i'm not sure how much of a live stream it's going to be for a live <laughs> stream i mean we'll see um, but that being said we will talk about uh disney plus live streams in the, in the tv <laughs> section yes uh let's hear two other stories um both with dealing with people who are high profile in the 80s <laughs> dramatic pause there yeah. <laughs> uh one being Cher, who's accused like Cher was accused of hiring four men to kidnap her adult son. All right. So so much needed context for this, because you're probably wondering, like, what? Why? So it involved her Is son Chaz. No, the other the, the other, other one. one. The other child. Uh so her son was reconnecting with an ex-wife that Cher, I guess, does not approve of. I guess the divorce was kind of messy. And so this was her basically trying to get him to get away from this situation, like, forcefully. It's not a good look for Cher. Yeah, nothing says, (laughs) nothing like a come-to-Jesus moment than being kidnapped by four men and realizing, (laughs) oh, yes, what I was doing was wrong. I need to follow these four <laughs> men who kidnapped me. They know what's right for me. That's a good point. Um, yeah, so needless to say, don't do that. As family drama, this should not become public like this. Uh, Cher should just leave him alone. Anyways. Well, you know, all she has to do is just 
believe in life after love. <laughs> Apparently, she doesn't. <laughs> anyway. I'm sorry. Love after divorce? Yeah, I guess in this case. Yes. And lastly, in music bits, uh, Bruce Springsteen has postponed his remaining tour dates after a peptic ulcer diagnosis. So yes, he had already had delayed his September tour dates because of this. Now it's official that the rest of the year he will no longer be on tour. Of course, you know, hope that he gets better and hope that they figure out uh, what's going on so that way he can tour in 2024. You know, if he decides to keep touring. Yeah, which I this. assume he will if he can. Yeah. All right. Um, that's it that for music bits here. Did you have anything else to add? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. I mean... Uh, oh, the... one, one thing to add. Um, I saw Mariah Carey mm. will be going on tour around the holidays singing a holly jolly Christmas and whatever... <laughs> Christmas song, Holly song she tends to sing around that time. You know, that one. Yes. The house um, music one. Yes. The one that's I saw... in all the houses. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I also saw that another real brief music story we didn't, uh, that I didn't have because Variety didn't report on it. People didn't leave Britney alone again. Uh, she, uh, Britney Spears uh, had a video of her playing around with what looked like real knives mm-hmm. and some people called the cops on her um they were fake knives from a prop uh a prop company a prop company that in fact was on hard times due to the strike uh due to the sag after strike and the lack of work for ongoing production so one leave Brittany alone don't call the cops on her trust when she says that they're fake two it turns out that the that prop uh company sales went up 50 percent just from exposure from britney's video I was going to say that if the knives are that good for that prop company, <laughs> yeah. one, props to that prop company. And two, <laughs> um, it just shows that how good their props are. Exactly. I mean, yeah. So so there you go. So uh, yeah, just wanted to mention that. Please, for the love of God, leave Britney alone. Uh, how many times I did enjoy the knives you? out dance, though. Right. Well, she was saying she did. She was doing what Shakira did at the VMAs. <laughs> He did a similar knife dance thing. Anyway, I was the only person who watched the VMAs. It's fine. I, I accept this. <laughs> you accept your punishment <laughs> of knowing this. Anyway, All right. Uh, did on. we? Did you watch? Did, did you watch? Any, did you listen <laughs> to anything? Uh, nothing of note this week. Not really. Are you looking to listen to anything this week besides maybe Drake? <laughs> if he decides to, yeah, release it. I guess if that Drake thing actually comes out, I guess we'll talk about it next week. So. All right. Uh, let's then move on right ahead into video games, and we start with new releases, and a bunch of stuff is getting released, including Silent Hope for the PC and the Switch, Scorn for the PS5. That was previously an Xbox exclusive. It's that time of the year again. NHL 24 is coming out for everything but the Switch. It's hockey season right around the corner because we're in October. Yeah. And I do believe they start in two weeks' time, like the puck drops. Right now they're in preseason, but we'll get to that in the sports corner. Indeed. Uh, we also have the Lamp Lighters League for the PC and Xbox Series X. I don't know what that is. I don't know. Um, 
There's also Disgaea 7, colon, Vows of the Virtueless for the PC, PS4, PS5, and the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a new Warhammer game, Warhammer 40,000, colon, Dark Tide for the Xbox Series X, as well as War Groove 2 for PS5 and the Switch. Uh, we also have The Sisters 2, colon, Road to Fame for everything. You got it? You can play it. Wide release there. Uh, there's also Front Mission 2, colon, Remake for the Switch. And the Dark Pictures Anthology, colon, Little Hope for the Switch. Yep. Although I think that's more like Little Hope, but <laughs> Hope. Yeah, this has previously been released on um, pretty much everything else. This is the Switch version. Yep. Uh, we also have Bang On Balls, colon, Chronicles. It's my PC, PS4, and Xbox One. This week's uh, ver- uh, this week's favorite video game title of the week. Uh, there's also, and then we have the big releases or the big IP releases, including Assassin's Creed Mirage for everything but the Switch. This is the return to form back in Damascus for Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have Sword Art Online: colon, Last Recollection or recollection <laughs> for everything but the switch uh horizon forbidden west complete edition for yes. the ps5 means including the original game plus uh the journey west forbidden west um uh, hollywood whatever it yeah, was whatever burning that was shores burning, burning shores. shores dlc i got there eventually <laughs> Uh, we also have Detective Pikachu Returns for yes. the Switch. Yep. And lastly, if you haven't played it by now, <laughs> chances are you're either avoiding it on purpose <laughs> or you're just a Switch owner. But hey, no more excuses this time because Borderlands 3 Ultimate Edition is now out for the Switch. This uh, coincides with all of the rest of the Borderlands games are also now available on Switch as well. Yep. Well, then let's get right into some video game. And hey, it's the bits again. It's too much. So much, including stuff that we had to roll over from the previous <laughs> one, including Epic Games, as you mentioned, laying off around 16% of its workforce. Yeah, uh, like I said, it seems like there are some cost-cutting measures happening at Epic right now, despite what we thought, which was that Fortnite was this infinite money generator for Epic. Well, they seem to claim that they're spending more than they're earning, and thus they had to make these cuts. How true that is, who knows? We'll, We'll find out when bonuses come around. Exactly, exactly. Like, I have a feeling that, no, they're just going, the money's just going elsewhere, uh, but yeah, uh, side parallel to that is the next little bit here. Yep, which is that Epic Games has announced plans to increase the price of Fortnite's V-Bucks and some real money content packs as yes. well. It's interesting to see this, especially in the wake of the litigation that recently happened, in which 
people who cl have claims that their child accidentally bought something using their card on Fortnite were able to request the refund for that purchase. Uh, well, maybe enough people did that where Epic started actually feeling some pain there. Um, so because of the financial strain of that, plus the legal fees uh, for the Apple court case that they've been in and out of dealing mm -hmm. with last couple of years, maybe it just added up all at once. And they were like, well, we need to do something and let's turn up the volume on Fortnite sales just to buffer our losses a little bit. Again, that's what they're claiming. Who knows if that's actually the case, but that's what's happening. Well, you know, you could either see an increased price for Fortnite V-Bucks, or if they want to put out a new game, Fortnite <laughs> 2, and then shoot themselves in the foot with that, <laughs> a la Overwatch. Yeah, they saw Blizzard do that, and it didn't work <laughs> out for them, so no. Yes, Fortnite Infinite. Infinite. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get out of Epic Games and let's talk about Sony Interactive. As CEO and President Jim Ryan, who we talked about last week and couldn't get his name right, yeah, is set to step down from this position. So, turns out we didn't need to know his name for that much longer. <laughs> no, not for much longer. Sony knew him for a while, though. Apparently, he was at the company for 30 years in various positions until finally rising to the ranks to uh, this president of SIE uh, position or CEO of SIE. So him stepping down, they put in an interim person from the Japan side um, in just for the period, like just for the rest of the kind of planned tenure. Eventually they will promote someone to this position that we have yet to know who that will be. Um, but yeah, uh, Jim Ryan had an interesting kind of uh, time as CEO. I think most people uh, focused on the negatives, like him making weird statements about not believing in backwards compatibility, saying that like no one wanted to play like old PS1 games at one point uh, when asked about Gran Turismo, I think <laughs> original original Gran Turismo being available still, still to play. So I think people are already kind of of two minds about him. But when you look at the successes, it's kind of undeniable. Like the PS5 launch, despite being in the middle of a pandemic, has been a huge success for Sony. It is now setting sales records that they haven't seen since PS2. So, like, he made some good calls. Some other not-so-great calls, you know, include maybe the Sony, uh, play the PlayStation VR stuff, two being kind of less than, like, less exciting than one and kind of putting coming out to a disappointing sales, uh, at least so far, and, you know, there's going to be an interesting question mark. What happens with this new PlayStation Portal device in a post-Jim Ryan tenure when that was clearly something that he put a lot of work into? We'll see. So, yeah, overall, I mean, not one of the most probably recognizable uh, Sony CEOs, but I think there it will go down as, yeah, he, he had some successes and the PS5 era was largely, so far at least, a pretty successful era for the PlayStation brand. Yeah, so this is him taking his losses, taking his lumps, but ultimately riding off into the sunset on the back of a PS5. <laughs> yes. And it, I don't know. The thing looks like it probably is jet propelled somehow. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. It looks like a spaceship. So, yeah, he's he's blasting off somewhere. All right. All right. Let's move on to uh, the other side of the coin here from to a developer, Electronic mm -hmm. Arts, uh, as they have seemingly delisted its entire FIFA back catalog from digital, digital storefronts on consoles 
and PC. This coincides with the release of Football Club 24, which was the big release last week. Yeah, makes sense. If they don't have the rights to release new FIFA games, they probably also lost the rights to sell on their storefronts old FIFA games as well. So yeah, this was predictable. This makes a whole lot of sense. So if FIFA just disappears, this is why. Yep, we've seen this with other games before where a company will lose the licensing to one or part of the game. So instead of trying to fight that legal battle, they just take the whole game off, uh, off market. They take the game off. And they take their ball and they go home or <laughs> exactly. whatever. Yeah, it's a ball. Yeah, FIFA. FIFA plays yeah, with the ball. Exactly. It's not yeah. a ball. Yeah, they take their ball and they take it to uh, wherever FIFA headquarters is. Another pitch. <laughs> Another pitch. What they call it, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways. I was, anyways, we'll talk about pitches and stadiums later. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, let's go back to Sony real quick. Uh, Sony has launched an investigation after a ransomware group claimed claimed mm-hmm. to have breached the Japanese company's system. Uh, I did not get any email on this. No. So thankfully they were able to find out that it was not a big breach and it was mostly a threat and they were able to assess it very quickly. But there was, when I saw this uh, headline hit uh, early last week, I definitely had a thought where I woke up in 2011 again. Because mm-hmm. anybody who's been on PlayStation platforms long enough will remember in 2011, there was a similar breach that actually did shut down Sony's servers, and any online play for PlayStation games was unavailable for, I want to say it was like three or four weeks. It was a long period of time. It was about a month, but hey, yeah, everyone got Sackboy's uh, free-to-play after that. Yes, <laughs> yes I remember getting that, that little big plant 3, was it, I think? Yeah. Uh, whatever game it was for free, and I was just like, oh, this is kind of nice. The only reason I played that game. (laughs) Yeah, same. Um, So yeah, it was definitely a weird time to live. But yeah, I thought we were on the precipice of that happening again. No, it wasn't as bad as they thought, and nothing was lost. So, crisis averted. Uh, Well, um, while that crisis has been averted, another one has not been, because (laughs) director of games such as Bayonetta and Wonderful 101, Hideki Kamiya, has decided to leave Platinum Games, but at least he thanked fans for their support following his decision. Yeah, this was interesting. Uh, Kamiya actually was a pretty big name in Japanese gaming uh, when Platinum Games was formed. Before Platinum, he was a big uh, developer over at Capcom, in which he headed games like Resident Evil 4, one of the most important action games of all time. Yeah, so he definitely has quite a resume on him. He was also in charge of the first uh, few Devil May Cry games, also pioneering that entire genre of character action game. (laughs) So he was extremely pivotal uh, in Japanese games at the time. And Platinum, you know, also made an impact as well. You had like games like Bayonetta, Less so wonderful 101, but also like, you know, they also uh, uh, were responsible when he was at um, Clover Studios, which later kind of became Platinum. He was also uh, responsible for Okami, uh, the Zelda-like fox watercolor painted game. Um, So yeah, like he definitely made an impact. Also known for his um, kind of snarky Twitter persona in which he would often brag about blocking people when they asked him inappropriate questions. Um, So yeah, Camille will be missed. What? He's doing next, 
Who knows? Maybe it's a new studio. Maybe it has nothing to do with games. Regardless, if it is a proper retirement, I do believe he's earned it. He's put a lot of important uh, things into um, in the video game world. And yeah, we thank him for it. Important media and important influence into yeah. the world oh, as sure. well. Quite a legacy, especially, you know, we got a remake of uh, Resident Evil 4 this year, which reminded everybody of how good that game is. So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely quite a legacy. All right. Um, let's then... Uh, any other video game news? Uh, um, that's pretty much the brunt of it. Uh, follow up from last week where the actors did vote to strike. Mm-hmm. They are not going to pick it yet. They're actually, did they get, I believe they did get a new deal. So what I had read, the headline I read was, and this might be out of date by now, is that they had met and that there were still they were still deciding upon the whether they were going to okay the contractor yet, and they had decided not to strike yet until they decided to veto it. If they decide to disagree with the contract, then they will strike. But they have not reached that conclusion yet. Okay, they, I think that's why still I no that decision. there was a deal that was sent to them, so there is yes. no strike yet. But still, yeah, no, no news, no updates on whether or not that strike will happen. Okay, uh, and. Lastly, that PS Plus price bump mm. hits this week because it's now October. Yes. So if that means if you aren't already a subscriber, if you're going to do a new subscription, this will affect you going forward. Yep. Unless you paid 10 years in advance yeah. five years ago, <laughs> like that one guy did, then yeah. you're just laughing in everyone's faces. <laughs> well, you know, some of us don't think that far in the future. Some of us don't have the money to pay that much up front for the future. (laughs) Speaking of having money to pay up front, some of us also like free games. Hey, who doesn't like a free game? You played some free games. Yes, I did. And I see you telling me which game to to talk about first. Might as well go in order. Might as well go in order. Uh, Yeah, because this is actually the order that I played them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we talked about Disney Speedstorm being released last week. The free version. If you wanted to pony up and pay what was either $60, $40, or $100 for the Founders Edition, plus extras, <laughs> then you got to play this game for about three months now. Otherwise, if you bit your time and waited, because they promised it would be free, just like Disney Dreamlight Valley will someday yeah. be free. Someday. Still waiting on that. Still waiting on that. Disney Speedstorm is now out. For consoles is not out for mobile yet. Um, that is coming later this month. But the free version for platforms, uh, PS5, Switch, Xbox Series X, that is out now, available to play for free. And yes, whenever you hear that a game is out for free, it is there is a catch, and that is that you're paying for the cosmetics, you're paying for the upgrades, you're paying for to win, essentially, yeah. at times. Yeah. Unless you want to grind. And hey, speaking of grind, you like Mario Kart? Because this thing's got grind rails in it. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, so Disney Speedstorm. It is mobile kart racing with mm-hmm. Disney characters. Yep, sounds about what I thought it was. Exactly what you think it is. It's stylized Disney characters, both animated cg and live action thrown into the mix 
and everyone's got their own racing vehicle. I can't really call them carts because they are not flat on the ground. If anything, they're more like buggies. <laughs> um, with like actual engines and tires and stuff. And uh, it's okay. I need to get this out of the way. It looks really good. Okay. It plays really good. I'm having a fun time playing this thing. All right. I really like that the races are short. Mm-hmm. It's usually two laps. Let's say your typical three. There are times where it'll be a sprint. It's a single lap. But otherwise, it's mainly two laps. You go around once, and then it says final lap, and you just sprint around again. Uh, your, your tactics are pretty much the same. You want to pick up the uh, attacks boxes, their bonuses, your specials. You want to hit the speed boosters, and you want to jump and drift slide everywhere to get the boost. <laughs> so pretty basic Mario Kart-esque stock built upon it with Disney characters and the Disney carts or Disney tracks. What's good about the tracks is that there is a lot going on in these things. The tracks look great. They look amazing. I think that's where they put a lot of their time and effort into this is making the tracks feel fun to play. It's not a basic track of, okay, here's a flat outline. This is where we want to go. No, Mm -hmm. it's ups and downs and layers and different Mm -hmm. ways to go and grind rails to hit the shortcuts. It's fun. It's interesting. It always makes you want to find the best route the more you play it, and because they're short, it makes you want to jump right back in. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all the positives. Negatives is that it is a pay-to-win kind of service. There is a gotcha. There is a battle pass-esque um, tactic to this, as well as daily missions and monthly missions. And... Uh, Season, they call them season, season missions as well. So, um, certain characters are locked behind the season missions to where you have to compete them on a daily and weekly basis to unlock more characters. There are certain characters that you get just by progressing through the main story. Everyone outside of the out, um, the basic gets Mickey, Donald, and Goofy. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, it's they're currently doing a Aladdin missions, so you can get Aladdin, Jafar, Genie, as well as any of the support characters, because there's a lot of characters in this thing. Mm-hmm. Not only do you get uh, your main characters as your drivers, but there's also a lot of support characters to help boost up your driver. Mm-hmm. And that's where all the good stuff is paywalled, because yeah. you can grind for it, you can try and find them, but... There's always the carrot of, hey, for $3, you can just unlock it. Yeah. For $5, you can do an instant upgrade. (laughs) For $100, you can get five characters and their boosters. Oof, that's steep. Yeah, but it's five characters. And if two of them are the ones you really want, like you really want to play as uh, Hercules, if you Mm -hmm. really want to play as Lilo or Stitch, Mm Mm-hmm. If you really want to play as Figment. <laughs> wow, they're really scraping that bottom of the barrel there. Yeah. Wow. Figment. Yeah, you, you'll you pay for it. 
Well, I won't, but somebody might. Your mom will. She loves food. <laughs> mm, uh, yeah, like, you're. I think what you're pointing out is, like, this is seems nefarious in a way. It seems like a Western studio finally, like, grasping what uh, Genshin Impact has been doing with the free-to-play space and actually, like, looking at, like, hey, we can do this, too. We can take a lot of notes from... Uh, uh, Eastern uh, development when it comes to free to play, like gouging almost. <laughs> I'm looking for a kinder word, but I didn't find one. Like, yeah, it's and and you know what? It works. It probably will work because there's like, you know, millions of Disney adults that are gonna eat this right up and absolutely just open their wallets to trying to get Figment. Not just that, but adults with kids who say, "Hey." Mm-hmm. I may not have a switch to play Mario Kart, but yeah, I can play this. And once the phone version comes out, I can play this cross-platform yeah. with my kid. Uh, Honestly, there is split screen, there's co-op. It's yeah. funny that you mentioned earlier Dreamlight Valley, because this makes Dreamlight Valley seem like innocuous in comparison. Dreamlight Valley's paid stuff is so like honestly hard to find, is kind of buried. And is completely unrelated to gameplay. This seems the complete opposite. This is, no, it is incentivized to you for gameplay reasons to get these other things. Which is wild to me how big of a left turn, for lack of a better (laughs) term, uh, that is away from that previous uh, strategy. So yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, when I was showing this to my doctor, she was asking questions like, hey, this <laughs> looks like fun. Yeah, sure, I'll play with you. Mm-hmm. How'd you get this game? Right. It's free. And then the light bulb of curiosity comes out as, what do you mean it's free? <laughs> <laughs> it's free. So I had to explain to my doctor, here's where they make their money. Yeah. And if you buy the pass, even though it's $20, you buy that for a year. After uh, yeah. four times, that's a hundred uh, at twenty dollars. Four times, that's eighty dollars. Yeah, it's more than you'd spend for just a game alone, and that's what it, they're, they're counting on. It reminds me of um, the, the moment when Apple on the App Store changed the three buttons to get, mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's what, what you're really doing is you're getting the app. It's not necessarily going to be free forever. You're just getting it now, but you're going to pay. They're going to make it. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Honestly, you might have convinced me to at least try it since it is free. Because I am curious about, like, if it would be fun enough to make that grind doable. The tracks are fun enough and Mm -hmm. the races are quick enough. The races, two minutes. You're in, you're out, you're done. You don't like you. You lose. You get right back into it. I think that's what people are counting. That's what they're kind of counting yeah. on. Is that if you it's lose, quick. you can get right back into it. Um, you can grind into it. You and, want. Yeah. If you're trying to um get more power ups or get more um, boosters for your character, so you can level them up. That's the other thing about this game. There's an exp system. There's a level up system. Of course there there's. Is. Of course there is. Um, there are cosmetics for both your racer and your vehicle, uh, but let's be honest: most, as long as there is an EXP system mm-hmm. and a leveling up system, 
people are going to grind and pay to level up and you want to level up all your characters so that way eventually when there comes a challenge that is character locked you can just play it or you have to go back and grind some more yeah. to up your characters so now that we basically know what this is um last question before we move on that i need to know burning question here who's your main who are you rolling with uh currently i'm rolling with mickey because he's the first character you get also that's the most boring answer you could have possibly given me that's like playing as mario and mario kart come let on. me finish okay he's the At first character you get he's the first character you get so it's easy to level him up that being said as soon as i got megara there Hercules, we go that's i an leveled answer. her up all the way <laughs> because she's part of the monthly um the monthly tracks oh really yeah, so I have to immediately level her up, which oh, is why, no. I, what? If I tell Christy that she could play as Meg in a in a Disney Mario Kart Disney. that has Disney characters, yes. she is absolutely going to want to play this game. Like I said, it's not that hard. Um, I think it took <laughs> me about an hour to get through the basic missions, okay, okay, and then get into uh, the the like the core racetracks mm. that's the thing though that i wanted to do um co-op right off the bat can't do it locked can't do that wow. yeah yeah yep, level up uh to level three first well so, yeah, there, there's your character exp and then there's your profile exp as well well i guess uh i found out now that what i will be doing while watching the phillies wild card game tonight i will also be getting to level three in disney Street Store. <laughs> yep but yeah, also you. Um, you unlock the character for it too. So yeah, so I'll, I'll have some work. My work cut out for me to surprise Christy. Like I said, er- everyone's gonna get the core, the the mm-hmm. basic like trainers, which is Mickey, Donald, and Goofy, and then after right. that, it goes everything into else. everything else. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, dang it, they got me. They got me. They got me with with. It just happens to be Christy's favorite character. Yeah. Anyways, let's sometimes just gotta get. I mean, hey, that's there's a variety of characters in here. What are the odds? What are the odds? Speaking of a variety of characters. Yes. Tell me about the other free-to-play game that you played based on the other animated franchise that you uh, that you happen to have feelings for. Yes. My Hero Academia yes. Ultra Rumble. Ultra or, Rumble. Yes. Plus Ultra Rumble. I gotta get the full name in there. This My is Hero a- Academia plus Ultra Rumble. Yes. Rumble. I understand this is a battle royale. So is this just Fortnite? Yes. Um okay. all intents and purposes, yes, this is just Fortnite. All right. Um you select your animated hero from the My Hero uh franchise. Mm-hmm. Someone from class one A or one of the three villains. And that's it. Oh. There's only a total of I think was it 18 people so far? No. 10 plus 3 plus 3. It's like 16 people. I mean, that's a lot more than Mickey, like Donald and Goofy. So, like, like given that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah. It, I feel like if you don't understand My Hero Academia, or if you don't like Fortnite, or if you just don't like those team-based Three on three tactics. Then this game is not for you. That's your <laughs> basic barrier of entry here. Yeah. Um. 
So yeah, it's it's more or less like Fortnite. You know, you're set into the one A school, and you're gonna run around and pick up upgrades for your character. Every character gets three attacks: a mid, a range attack, a strong attack, and a special attack. And um, you have to run around and save people or open up chests in order to upgrade your character, upgrade your attacks, or stock up on healing and uh, armor. Very much very similar to Fortnite in yeah. that there is a... Like a build mist. phase, essentially, and then like... There's then a you're... mist that closes right. in, mm-hmm. and you have to defeat all the, your, the other teams on. Uh, it's a three-on-six battle, meaning yeah. that there's three players on a team, six teams in total. One team survives. You mm-hmm. can, um, if one of your teammates goes down, you can revive them as long as you have revived tickets and go to the right place. Uh, you can save civilians, but you are leaving yourself exposed. Mm-hmm. So you require your other teammates. Um, the default for this is open communication so if you have a mic it kind of defaults to that kind of style of gameplay mm. uh but like i said your main barrier of entry is going to be do i like my hero academia enough enough yeah that i want to play a Fortnite style game mm-hmm. uh, like and then do i want to play it enough to where i can unlock all the heroes because much like the Disney Speedstorm, after you get through tutorials, you're only going to have three or four characters unlocked from the get-go, and you have to play more to unlock more characters. Mm. So it's yeah, it seems like a lot of caveats, <laughs> like for most people. Yeah. Um, oh, one of the things I want to make sure when I say the difference between these two, mm. the Disney Speedstorm, you can use a play account from their service to cross play and to jump and play from different consoles. So if you go on PlayStation to a switch to eventually your mobile, you can have the same profile. I have not found that to be the case with my hero ultra rumble. Okay. It, uh, from what I've seen so far, it looks to be locked to the console, to the profile that you're playing in. So like in my case, I was trying to play it on the switch from the PlayStation it made me start all the way over on the switch and it, I couldn't Oof. maybe it's there, maybe I just didn't see it, but I'm mm. trying to find like where is the uh profile uh synchronization for my hero ultra rumble? Well, I hope it's there because that seems like a lot of stuff to redo. But right, either that or you have to um kind of main one console. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's a good PSA for people who want to try this. Well, yeah, but, yeah, it seems like uh, then I guess compared to the two, this seems like a much more niche product. Uh, I mean, in looking at other gameplay, it is very niche yeah. in, its, uh, in itself. And even when it came out, like it was announced, it was a very niche, much like the Crash Bandicoot Rumble yeah. game, which was a paid game. <laughs> and I think it still is a very niche, whereas this one is at least free. And you can try it out and test it. And until you get level 10, you're just going to run into AI mm-hmm. robots. But then once you hit that level 10, then you're going to be thrust into the world of 
yeah. other players online play and just get your like stopped yeah. stopped exactly well i guess it's there if people if people want it that seems like something you want i mean i'm going to try a little bit more of it if i can but between these two surprise surprise it is disney <laughs> speedstorm yeah that seems like that i am that's more steering towards yeah anyways anyway did you play anything uh just a little bit more uh starfield um kind of just cleaning up some missions in that thing bouncing between um maybe trying to mainline the the story a little bit so i can wrap that up pretty soon see that what the ending looks like see what the new game plus kind of thing is before the end of the year so that way i can talk to that for end of the year discussions uh but yeah nothing really else besides that i guess i'll try out disney speedstorm now but uh besides that kind of a holding pattern until mario wonder on the 20th so looking forward to that yeah i mean yeah definitely check out speedstorm it's free it's like i said the races are quick the tracks are beautifully done um but at the end of the day it is a racing game yes it's a card game yeah, but who doesn't like Mario Kart? And I'll, I'll try on Mario characters. Kart. Yeah. I'll try on Mario Kart-like. All right, let's move on then into the second half of the show where we talk about television. And we always start the television section with the sports corner. It is an exciting moment in sports uh, because we right now, and I'm going to reorganize your stuff a little bit yeah, to probably. talk about the important shit, which is... The Major League Baseball playoffs have started today, starting with the wild card games. One of them is already wrapped, or two of them have wrapped up, uh, and two of them are either in progress or have yet to start. Uh, one will start in just a few minutes, actually. Uh, your first uh, round here was you have the Texas, uh, sorry, the the, <laughs> the 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 yeah the Texas rangers yes Why do i it's... always hesitate on the rangers name like i always feel like i'm gonna mess it up because you want to say texans That's yeah right. i do and i don't know why because the houston texans and yeah. the texas rangers it's confusing that's a confusing name they should yes. change that they should be forced to change that name <laughs> sorry texas rangers uh took one against uh the where am i the tampa bay Rays. yes the rays today uh, there, they will have a second game tomorrow, uh, mm-hmm. and best of three takes that series. Yeah, good thing those wild cards are best of three because otherwise, yes. one of the top teams would have been gone out of one <laughs> right. game play. Your second game was a surprise win from the uh, the uh, the Minnesota Twins, um, taking it against the Blue Jays. I watched the end of that, uh, or a portion, almost the end of that, and uh, it was quite a display from the twins i was like shocked with how well they played that i see people saying is that they're a stealth team the stealth team to watch in the playoffs this season so we'll see we'll see how that goes then moments ago we had the brewers start their game against the where are they arizona diamondbacks they're at the diamondbacks right um so we will see how that that game is currently tied three to three Dang. Okay. All right. And then thanks to a Kettle Marte home run that literally just happened. Yes. Well, there you go. And then you have the last game that will start in just a few minutes here, which is the Phillies. And who are they? 
facing the Philadelphia Phillies and the Miami Marlins. The Marlins, right? I wish yes. you just the had Derek, that here. The <laughs> Derek Jeter um, owned Miami Marlins. Yes. So those are your wild card games today. Wild card play will extend to tomorrow, and if game threes occur, they will happen on Thursday. And then next week you will have the divisional games. Uh, so that's what you're looking at schedule wise. Now we can go to what you wrote down here, which is the overall standings of the teams that uh, made it to the playoffs, starting with the Atlanta Braves with 104 wins for their season, the Orioles with 101, the Dodgers with 100, those being your top three teams win-wise. The only teams to crack the three-digit mark. Yeah. And the Dodgers did it on the last game of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, on the other side of the coin, who were far, far, far from any playoff contention with the most losses are the Athletics with 112 losses, the Royals with 106, and the Rocky, the Rockies with 103, and the White Sox with 101, your top four in losses. So the rest of those playoffs will continue, like I said, in the next week. So we will have more to talk about when the divisional matchups happen next time. Uh, yeah, other than that, uh, just to wrap up from the um, the divisional talk from last week, it was a tight race between the Trastros and the Rangers, and they yes. ended up having the same record by the <laughs> yes. end of it. Yes, unfortunately, that did mean we had to say goodbye to the always the bridesmaid, not the bride of... Uh, uh, Seattle Mariners, who just almost, just almost, they almost did it, but didn't quite make it. Yep. Um, but, uh, but yeah, because they tied, that does mean that they go to the interleague play in terms of who would win between the two. Mm-hmm. And the Trashros ended up being the number one seed there. Unfortunately. Even yes. though they had the same record, but because they the Rangers couldn't beat the angels for one more win we all we can do is just cross our fingers that they they get ousted later um and they don't make it all the way but we'll see anyways anything else about baseball before we move on to other sports because believe it or not other sports are happening um yeah other sports are happening Okay, let's move on then. <laughs> I guess that answers my question, sort of. Uh, meanwhile, in the football world, the NFL season continues. No team on the AFC is either winless or undefeated. So they all have a mix of, of stats there for you. There's at least a number there. No yes. goose eggs. Some numbers. The Eagles and the 49ers are the teams that remain undefeated. The Bears and the Panthers are the teams that remain completely winless. Good note to that, Eagles and 49ers. The two teams that made it to the NFC Championship game last year turns out turns out once again are still good and they remain undefeated. Meanwhile, the Bears and the Panthers are currently winless. Um, it is of note because the Panthers traded their number one pick next year to the Bears mm-hmm. in order to get last year's number one pick, Bryce Young. Which means that if the Bears continue this trend, they will have the number one. And the number two pick in next year's draft. <laughs> oh, Lord. What have they done? Well, we'll see. But, um, they're, they're in the Caleb Williamson um, 
draft lottery right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, meanwhile, over in NASCAR, it's your favorite time of year. It's time for the Roval. The yep. Roval 400 will eliminate four drivers from yep. contention. Four drivers are on the bubble, including our favorite watermelon man himself, Ross Chastain. Um, but hey, anything can happen in Charlottesville at the Roval, and that's this week. After that, they've dropped to um, 12 drivers, or 16, 12. There are 12 drivers now. They'll drop to eight drivers after the end of the weekend as we get closer and closer to the championship in Phoenix. And we'll see what happens there. Meantime, the WNBA finals are happening. Your number one seeded Las Vegas Aces are will will be against your number two, the New York Liberty. Meanwhile, Tom Brady has joined the Las Vegas Aces ownership. His ownership uh, so... was approved. Yeah, wow, weird. Yes. Uh but yeah, these are also the top two teams that were picked preseason to make it to the finals. And what do you know? They're here. Uh yeah. it is no surprise because five out of the last eight number one picks mm-hmm. are playing in this in either of these two teams. It was to show you right there. And then your rookie of the year in the WNBA ended up being Aliyah Boston, and your MVP was Brianna Stewart. So congratulations. Although your finals MVP will probably be Brianna Ionescu, who mm-hmm. plays on New York Liberty. Yeah. Fair enough. Then lastly in sports here, Europe won the Ryder Cup 16 and a half to 11 and a half points. Uh, yep, it was a big sweep. There was lots of complaining amongst the U.S. teams, especially those of who were chosen and mainly those who were not chosen. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in two years when they play in New York. All righty. Anything else in sports that we need to clean up before we move on to television news? Because we are in October, that means two seasons will be starting, both the NHL and the NBA yes. season. Yes. Uh, the NBA season will begin at the end of the month on October 24th in three weeks. Whereas the NHL season will begin on October 10th, next Tuesday. So we'll have a big hoopla about it next week. All right. Well, look forward to that. In the meantime, let's move on to our television stories of the week. And our first story is a nice follow-up to that WGA deal we talked about last week. Yeah, so since we talked about it last week when it broke, we're not going to talk about the WGA deal this week. They are still voting on it. They have not ratified it, but they will. It pretty much is a guarantee <laughs> that they will yes. because people are starting to return to work. Yes, and both of our stories are about that very subject. And the first story takes us to late night television as the talk shows are returning after a five month absence brought on by that Hollywood writer strike, where actors, while actors meanwhile will begin talks that could end their own long work walk off. Those talks happened today, I believe. Yep, they will continue into tomorrow. Right. There is no word on whether it's good or bad, but the yeah. fact that they have been talking for three days straight good. means that it is trending probably in the right direction. So yeah, we'll have an update on that next week. But in the meantime, 
CBS is The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, ABC's Jimmy Kimmel Live, and NBC's The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon were the first shows to leave the air when the writer's strike began on May 2nd, and now will be among the first to return on Monday night, so this past Monday. Comedian John Oliver got his first take on the strike out exuberantly, returning Sunday night to his last week's night show on HBO, where he delivered a full-throated support for the strike. Quote, I am furious that it took the studios 148 days to achieve a deal that they could have offered on day bleep one. So I watched this episode earlier today, uh, caught up on all that. And yeah, I agree with him wholeheartedly. Uh, it's just ridiculous that it took this long, but I'm happy that these shows were able to, to get back started up. I also watched the first half of before the playoff game started of um, the first Seth Meyers uh, show uh, that he did bef- well, returning from the break. And yeah, it seems similar vibes from both of them, which is like, no, I wouldn't wanted to be doing this. Like, it sucks that we weren't able to be doing this, but it was for a good cause. We're happy with what the union was able to get. Um, and yeah, thankful for the, everybody who stayed in solidarity with them as long as it took and because it was worth it. Ultimately, the vibe is, is that all the writers agree it was worth it. And it's I'm happy to see them return on their terms instead of the studio's terms. Yep. It is also of note that while they will be hosting their late night show, mm-hmm. actors still yes. cannot come on the show to promote their projects. So I imagine you're going to see a lot of authors doing uh, interviews. You're going to yep. see a lot of like... Neil deGrasse Tyson was out, yes. like celebrity lights. Right. Are People out. who are not members Both of SAG. As well. Yep. You might see some game show hosts if they're not SAG members, like that kind of that kind of tier of celebrity. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. So maybe maybe skip the, the interview segments. <laughs> On the flip side of this is, of course, scripted shows that are not late night talk shows, which include, you know, sitcoms, dramas, etc. Well, the good news is, is that a number of their writers rooms were either sh- that were either shut down or delayed by the strike in May are also ramping back up and are expected to be up and running early this week. According to sources, going back on Monday are the writers' rooms for ABC shows, including Abbott Elementary, Grey's Anatomy, and Criminal Minds Colon Evolution, which is a show I just found out existed. <laughs> Fox shows include 911, which is now on NBC, ironically enough, The Cleaning Lady, and the animated trio of shows Family Guy, Bob's Burgers, and The Simpsons. Showtime's Yellow Jackets will resume on Wednesday. Starting early next week are writers' rooms for CBS shows Ghosts, NCIS, Fire Country, Young Sheldon, and The Neighborhood, among others. Universal Television's NBC drama Quantum Leap, the reboot, which was in production when the WGA strike started, will reopen its writer's room on Monday, alongside Law & Order and Law & Order SVU. For HBO, the main priority now is getting their tentpole series, The White Lotus, Euphoria, and The Last of Us up and running right away to make those deadlines. All three have also been written solely by their creators, Max, uh, Mike White, Sam Levinson, and Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann, respectively. So something they can continue to do under this new WGA deal. So what this means is writing can continue can start <laughs> again. This does not mean production can start. This is this is important to note. So scripts will be written, but obviously it will be on the shoulders of the WGA or sorry the SAG after strike to whether or not when they can actually put these episodes that they've written in production. So we still, this still does not give a 
ETA about when these shows will begin airing again. No, but it does at least get the foundation for these upcoming shows, upcoming series going. It gets that motor started, so it means that they can get the production below the line Mm -hmm. um, started as well. See what they need in terms of sets, certain costumes, makeup, that kind, while they still deal with the SAG after it, because all that below the line is part of Yahtzee. Right, right. So, waiting a lot of other shoes to drop before ultimately they'll be able to continue. So, uh, we'll see. But at least they're able to write again. Yeah, I mean, there's the writer's room, and with the new WGA contract, expanded and yes. minimum episodes of writer's room. Yes, they got what they wanted in that capacity, and that will be exciting for writer's rooms. All right, let's move on to some thoughts. You watched, let's see, it looks like two things that are on television and one movie. So <laughs> one of these a is movie. a movie. Not a movie. It is a movie. Not a movie. It is a movie. We're not having this argument again. It is a movie. How long it is happens, it? It happens to be on Netflix. No, how long is it? I do not know the runtime of this film. It is 40 minutes. Still not still not a television show. 40 minutes. It is a movie by a it movie is, director. It is a part of an ensemble of upcoming shorts where the rest of them will be 17 minutes. All right, let's let's get this to the bud. I'm talking about Wes Anderson's The Fine. Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. Fine. I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, we can talk about it here, but the Chiron is saying movie thoughts. I'm sorry. Okay. It's 40 minutes. It is short. <laughs> I get why you putting on a movie is because it is Wes directed Anderson by Wes Anderson. This. Come on. All right. Anyway, sorry. Wes Anderson. <laughs> Anderson directed and wrote an adaptation of a rural doll go- book for Netflix Go. Yes. Uh, in addition to other um, editions of Rural Dolls, which will be coming in the coming weeks to Netflix. But this is the first one. The Wonderful World. Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. And honestly, 40 minutes for this is the perfect bite-sized thing to get anyone interested in Wes Anderson mm-hmm. before you put them to an actual theatrical release, like Asteroid City, like Budapest Hotel, like Moonrise Kingdom. That 40 minutes, it's got all those Anderson tropes, looking directly to the camera, talking directly <laughs> to the audience. Yep. Characters moving in a play-like fashion, as well as a pastel-colored world, and actors that you know, <laughs> like big name actors in this thing. Yeah. So it's funny. It's goofy. I don't know if it actually makes sense, but <laughs> for the world that is one, a Roald Dahl novel, and two, a Wes Anderson film, it kind of is a good married couple. That this thing kind of exists. I think the fact that it is 40 minutes does mean that it does run pretty fast and it does go through quickly. Um, that being said, this, like I said, it's a good barrier of entry because either you like with Aaronson's style or you don't like his style. Quick and if you've never note. liked his style and yeah. want to like, get a taste of what his style is, I think it's a good entry level. Quick side note, I just wanted to mention this is not his first time adapting a Roald Dahl work. The Fantastic Mr. Fox is also a Roald Dahl story. Yes, that's actually the first one that I introduced my doctor to. And mm-hmm. then she's like, oh, why am I so captivated by this? <laughs> uh, but yeah, 
it's out there. It's interesting. It deals with weird subject matter and may or may not be a true story. Probably <laughs> not a true story, but at least it's framed in the way of a based on a could be true story. Especially when you have um, Ray Fines as Roald Dahl in this story, talking about the story of Penny Sugar, who is reading himself a story about a character. Mm-hmm. So it has that Wes Anderson three layers deep kind of novelty to it. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's fun. It's interesting. It's also kind of like a in-your-face, what does it mean to be successful in money and what does it mean to have like infinite money okay. like where do you get where does the joy come from from it so yeah it's it's, it's definitely it's on our list uh we are we plan on checking out this and the other adaptations that are up on netflix um instead what we did this past weekend was we put in her dvd copy of wes anderson's first movie bottle rocket because we <laughs> i had not i hadn't seen it uh it's a weird little movie, is what I will say about that. I think mm. um, the one that followed that, Rushmore, is better. But uh, there's interesting things. There's things to like about Bottle Rocket, but it is a weird, lumpy uh, script. And you can tell that he refined his storytelling abilities later in his career. A lot of Owen Wilson's um, uh, <laughs> fingerprints on that one as well. So, But yeah, it was, it's a fun time. But yeah, we do plan on jumping into this one and the other the others as well. Yeah, like I said, these are on Netflix, so they're kind of bite-sized, they're easy to access, and cool. it's, yeah, like I said, it's, it could be your intro to Wes Anderson's little quick, Sounds like it. quirky little world. Yeah. Well, cool. What about the other thing, uh, the other things you watched on television, actual television shows? Our actual television show wrapped up season four of Harley Quinn. Technically, this has been on my list. I just finally ended up catching up with it. Yeah. Uh, because it is one of those shows where I like the writing. I like where the subject matter. I like where it's going. But I also like binge watching this thing because trying to watch it on a weekly basis can be a struggle. I had this exact same experience. I watched about half of this season so far, and I completely lost the plot for the second half. So I need to go <laughs> back and catch up. So, yeah. Oh yeah, it definitely goes in weird places, especially when it this season has Harley Quinn siding with the Bat family. Right. Yes. Ivy has yeah. the head of the Legion of Doom. It's an interesting choice, and I see what they're going for, but yeah, I'm really curious to see how they wrap that up. Yeah. It's not gonna wrap up where you think it's gonna wrap up, <laughs> and also it's not gonna be a whole lot of the dynamic that you think it's gonna be, where it's a workplace dynamic of well, we're opposites in work, but mm-hmm. we still love each other at home, like in our private lives. And how I think that's where they want really want to go, where of how do we play on this dynamic between Harley Quinn being a good guy and um, Poison Ivy being the villain, and how their work clashes, but they're still in a relationship in their private life. Mm-hmm. That level. I think goes out the window about the third episode, fourth episode, and it gets very kind of muddled, especially when there is a time travel episode, and it feels like they're trying to shoe in an ending for it. Um, that being said, it's weird when your main character of Harley Quinn is not the focal point, and instead Poison Ivy 
is more the lead in this season, it feels like. And I think more of who out character I want to see going forward. Yeah. Uh it's yeah, it's definitely an interesting thing for season four. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, does this make sense? Does this make sense as a good launching pad into the spin-off that is upcoming that's gonna be all about everyone's favorite character, Kite Man? No. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that that was happening? That's a re- that's a real thing that is happening. I think we talked about that. Yeah, I yeah, think we did but, talk about this. But yeah, I didn't. No, that's not a launching <laughs> pad for it. Well, get ready. Anyway. Anyways, uh, yeah, it actually ends on a very cliffhanger of a season ending. Uh, not where I thought it was going to go, but also in the same vein. Nobody really dies in Comic Book World. Right. So, no. no, it's true. Except for Batman's parents. They are definitely dead. <laughs> Anyways, Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> uh, let's, let's go full circle here. Uh, yes. Well, did you watch anything before we go full full circle? Uh, we, well, hmm, I guess I don't really want to have much to say about these, but I will mention that we started watching them. Uh, last week saw the start of both. Both new Bachelor spinoffs, including yet another season of The Bachelor in Paradise, which we had, which we are new to, uh, is perfect match for Bachelor. Or I guess I should say perfect match was them doing Bachelor in Paradise. I just didn't <laughs> realize that. But anyway, uh, but then most more importantly, though, was the beginning of The Golden Bachelor, uh, which, yeah, is exactly what we figured it was going to be. It's a bunch of old ladies trying to woo an old man. And yeah, that's what you get. So if you're sick of seeing 20 to 30 somethings um, on on these on this kind of show and you'd rather see your your parents age, uh, well, now you get that. If that's something you wanted, now you have it. Or if you are parents initially watching The Bachelor, now you can probably appear on The Golden Bachelor because you yeah, are maybe. of that age. <laughs> yeah, could be. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's It's a weird thing. And. I'm not sure how long we're going to stick around with The Golden Bachelor. It, I think some people are being very charmed by it. We definitely are not. We're not sold quite yet. So we'll see uh, how long we uh, stick around. For. Yeah, it's because you didn't do a fantasy draft this time. Yeah. Oh, and this is not new in any way, but I want to mention it because it is a zeitgeist right now. Are you familiar with the the um, the zeitgeist of Max's British import Naked Attraction? no so this has been making its rounds around social media there is a british show called nation naked attraction which is naked and afraid but a dating show i believe this is on max yes that's what i said it's on max okay so so the premise is yeah i i saw the little blurb for this as i was scrolling by like Mm -hmm. the new features i did not play it no it did look like one of those dumb reality shows dating shows so dumb is not exactly the word I would use. It is fascinating is what I would call it. So because on its surface, it seems like, wait, what? That's a television show that exists. But then when you actually give it a try, it's actually smarter than you think it is. Uh, the premise basically is, is the contestant is given a choice between six, I want to say six people that they are interested in, whether they're interested in men or just women, or if they're bisexual and they're interested in a mix of the two. and But the way that they are presented to them is they are naked. 
and it is they are shown the naked like and i mean completely naked i don't mean tv naked you get to see everything on this show this is the first time i've ever seen a show on streaming take advantage of the freedom of streaming in the most extreme way possible you are seeing full naked bodies on your television full frontal yes full frontal nudity sometimes full rear nudity if that's something you're into uh so yeah they are seen in gradual steps so at first you see only to the waist then they make it make a then based purely on the looking at the bodies first they then make one person to cut then they move up the the shield and you get to see from chest down then they get to make another round of an elimination and then finally they see the full the full like the face as well and you see the full full body again completely naked then they make another um and basically it goes until finally they're down to two then they themselves the contestant themselves gets naked and then gets to make the final choice of which of the two uh they decide to go on a fully clothed date with (laughs) so the, the the pitch is dating in reverse they are seeing okay. the naked bodies first and then meeting them in a date capacity. Unless you have someone like Quentin Tarantino who will only look at them from the, the waist down. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting because, yeah, I feel like the the uh, knee-jerk response to this is very easy to be like, oh, well, that seems very, uh, that's ridiculous. Like, we shouldn't be choosing people on attraction alone. Physical attraction is only a piece of the puzzle. Like, this seems like... I, I feel like the moral police like are would have like things to say about this. Like, don't tell your conservative grandmother about this show. They'll freak out. That's why Love is Blind exists. Yeah. But the interesting thing about this show is that while they are doing the like, while the contestant is looking at the bodies, they're actually talking about them, them and the host are actually talking about like why humans are attracted to these things. What is the percentage, like, what is the percentages of people polled say about this kind of thing? Like, why are women attracted to certain kinds of penises? Why are men attracted to certain kinds of breasts? You know, like, it actually goes into talking about bodies as they're more than just, like, this, like, side thing to a person. They're part of a person. And it's interesting. The show is actually, I think, shining a light on these kind of conversations and normalizing those kind of conversations in a way that feels more comfortable because a lot of people don't even breach that until like date three, date four, you know, until they get really serious with the partner. All right. If you ever get that far. And so, yeah. And so it's interesting to see a show basically like, well, what advantages can you gain by getting all of those cards on the table first? And so I think it's an interesting concept. So there's like six seasons of all at once of this thing because it's been on air, on the air in the UK for a while. And so, yeah, you can just watch all of these. And so, yeah, we've been slowly going through it. And like, it's been a fascinating thing to watch. So yeah, don't let the concept scare you. If you're comfortable with seeing a lot of naked bodies, I recommend watching it with a partner who is also comfortable seeing a bunch of naked bodies because you'll be able to talk about like, oh yeah, this is the kind of thing that I like or this is what I like about you and like kind of like comparing drastic. What what if you want to watch it with someone who doesn't understand the concept of a naked body? (laughs) Well, the good news is is that they won't remember jack shit. (laughs) 
So I think you can put anything in front of them right now, and they won't know the difference between that and Zabumafu. So I think yes, okay. but they will know the difference between actual football and Toy Story football. Yes, let's go. Let's go into that because uh, this is the next thing we actually want to talk about. Yes, uh, Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and probably on Hulu because Synergy yes. um, had Toy Story Sunday Football, where <laughs> the game that was in London between the Jaguars and the Falcons mm-hmm. was also played slightly delayed simultaneously in Andy's room from Toy Story. Yes. Did you happen to watch any of this? I saw a couple of screenshots. I did not see yeah. anything in motion. I did not see this in person. No. It is ridiculously funny. <laughs> it didn't really highlight any specific player. Oh, and it broke down after the first play because they had the claw machine placed the football, uh-huh. but someone forgot to write a code of keep the football there and not return to its default spot, which was at the 20-yard line. <laughs> So after the first first down, the ball would be placed and then slowly move back to the twenty where it defaulted. <laughs> That's real. <laughs> so bad. you know, a wide view and like completely like wanted to rearrange something. But That's real hey, dumb. at least they got it working, and it was kind of funny to watch. Um, <laughs> the only like clean looking things were the cutaway Toy Story bits. Other than that, it was kind of funny to watch. Like, not funny in the ha-ha, I'm laughing at this, but funny in the, I can't believe we're living in a world where this actually exists kind of funny. <laughs> wow. So. Yeah, no, it seemed ridiculous. I saw a lot of the, the feedback was basically like, this is impractical. This is a dumb way to watch football. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Especially uh, in terms of fantasy football. Oh, yeah. Definitely a dumb way to watch it. But that being said, in terms of a game that I really do not care about between <laughs> the two teams of, like, the Jacksonville Jaguars yeah. and the Atlanta Falcons... They picked a good one to do this stupid stuff on. Yes, it's definitely like. a good one to where like I don't really care about either of these teams, so I'm just gonna turn on this version of it. Yeah, I do think it's uh, better than the slime version that Nickelodeon did, although yeah. that one is more of an overlay, and this one is a full on CG right. fest. Right, but, I think that yeah. that that's why maybe the overlay works a little bit better because it's just effects on top of the actual game. You're not sacrificing right. the actual game for it. It'll be interesting to see what that looks like in the Super Bowl this coming up uh, uh, up year. Like, we'll see how that works. But <laughs> all right, let's move on. Anything else that we watch before we wrap up? Uh, the Amazing Race is back. Episode one is up. Same with ki- uh, Kitchen Nightmares. That season mm-hmm. has returned season eight, I believe, after taking a 10-year hiatus. Woo, that's a long time. But yeah, you know. Gordon Ramsay at Fox makes cheap television yep. and gets around both WGA and SAG. <laughs> Turns out. All right. Well, let's move on then into cancellations and renewals. What am I no longer watching? There you go. A little delayed on the line there. Uh, Alice in Borderlands got renewed for a third season on Netflix. And, and no one knows what is going to happen. <laughs> no. Because... In the comics, it only goes up to season two. So here's where Netflix officially breaks canon and destroys its own universe in Alice in Borderlands. Have fun with that. And then Only Murders in the Building on Hulu gets a fourth season. Uh, That wraps up today. Yes, tonight. We'll not talk about that because it premieres in like half an hour from now. 
Yes. So we'll talk about that next week. Next week. Same with Ahsoka. It wraps up tonight. So we'll talk about that next, next week. week. So yeah, no cancellations, but two renewals for you. As for deaths, we got a couple to talk about this week. First of all, a knight. Sir Michael Gambon, Gambon, I believe. Gambon? Gambon. Uh, age, aged 82. Actor mostly known for role in Harry Potter, but also was in Gosford Park, The Seeing Detective, and a three-time Olivier Award winner and a four-time BAFTA winner. And part of the original member of the Royal performers or whatever they were called yeah something um with uh francis olivier himself yes so yes a Uh, legend of stage mostly but yes also had some screen appearances that are notable yes most notably more recently as dumbledore 2 yes the second dumbledore and then we also had tim wakefield age 57 a baseball player played for the red sox and the pirates 57 is pretty young he started, was drafted by the Pirates, but most notably known for pitching 17 seasons in Boston. Was 17, yeah, 17 seasons in Boston and part of the team that broke the curse of the Bambino. Ah, got it. Um, and then also he why Kurt Schilling was being trending on Twitter because mm. he didn't want people to know that he was going through cancer and Kurt Schilling just blurted out on his podcast. Oops. Oops. I mean, not the not the worst thing Kurt Schilling has done. But as people are finding out, yes. <laughs> the state of Rhode Island has a lot to say about that man. Let's move on to the movie section, our final section for today, and let's talk about the weekend box office numbers. Your number one movie was, of course, Paw Patrol, the mighty movie, which debuted to a mighty $23 million this week. So a lot of families bringing their kids to that one. Number two, also premiering this week, Saw X with $18 million. Number three, The Creator, also premiering this week with $14 million. Number four, The Nun 2 made another $4.6 million. That's at $76 million domestic. The, uh, the, uh, right at the top five. Okay, there we go. And right out of top five, The Blind, $4.1 million for uh, total. I guess that was also a premiere, wide premiere. 4.9 total domestic. That is also your religious movie, as that is Phil Robertson, the TV star. Got it, got it. In case you're wondering how dumb money did uh, this week, way down at number seven with only $3.5 million. (laughs) Sounds pretty (laughs) dumb for money. In that case. All right, let's move on to new releases. We have three this week going, or two this week going wide. We have the Exorcist sequel, The Believer, for more uh, October horror vibes. Mm-hmm. And then the obnoxiously long three hours and what, 30, three hours and 30? Three and a half hours. Jesus. Scorsese film, Killers of the Flower Moon. So if you want uh... to... Yeah, Wet so your pants in theaters this this week. This will also appear eventually on Apple TV Plus. I would just um, wait until that I happens, think, so that way you can go to the bathroom at a reasonable time. I believe that's coming at the end of the month. Um, there's also a movie from A24 called Dicks the Musical. I've heard I've of seen, Dicks the Musical. That's been I've seen creeping into my feed. 
but yeah, that also gets a limited release this week. Yeah. So look forward so to that. Not make a million dollars. Yeah, we'll see, I guess. All right, let's move on into some movie news. We start our movie news with a music story that is also a movie story. We've done this for Taylor. Let's do it again with Beyonce. As Beyonce is following in Tay-Tay's footsteps by unveiling her own full trailer on Sunday for a forthcoming concert film based on her blockbuster 2023 tour. In her case, the Renaissance World Tour. The film's formal title is Renaissance, a film by Beyonce. Following how she's stylized her other visual accompaniments to her albums, Beyonce and Lemonade. The uh, singer has opened ticket presales at theater chains already, including AMC, who's also backing this, uh, just like they backed the Taylor film. Regal and Cinemark. It will hit U.S. theaters on December 1st. Parkwood Entertainment teased a late announcement for the final domestic stop on her tour, and Beyonce uploaded the trailer to her Instagram shortly before 11 p.m. Pacific time. She captioned the post with the lyric, Be careful what you ask for, because I just might comply, which is from her song All Up In Your Mind. An auction for the hybrid project was teased to the major studios and streamers in mid-September. Beyonce chose an unconventional deal template forged by AMC and Taylor Swift in August. So it was Taylor who set up basically teed to the ball, and then Beyonce hit it off. So both of them succeeded based on this deal that AMC created for them. Uh, Swift's film was self-financed, and she will see well over 50% of those box office grosses in this arrangement, reports said, so Beyonce will thus get the same deal. This is according to sources from Variety. Makes sense. Yep. Especially when there's not a whole lot of movies coming out mm-hmm. um, since we have strikes and yep. it's still going on. So stuff that's in the can still can't be promoted. So it's not going to be um, put out. Thus, two high profile concert films will be coming. Yep. Um, thank you, Taylor Swift, for laying the groundwork for Beyonce. Taylor <laughs> walked so Beyonce could fly. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, this like is, that. I think this is just game recognizing game here. It's yes. just like they're both probably, arguably, the only artists in the world right now that can do something like this. And they both are doing it in the same calendar year, uh, two months between each other, which is wild. Uh, but hey, they can pull it off. And I'm glad that they can. So yeah, um, I will be able to report back shortly in about two weeks time about my experience with Taylor Swift's concert film. Um, I have yet to buy tickets for Beyonce. I'm not sure if we will. Uh, I don't know if Christy is down, but uh, yeah. You're not a part of the beehive? Not as much, no. Uh, But yeah, so we will see uh, ultimately how this does. We have until December. Pre-sales is up right now. But yeah, you have until December to decide on Beyonce. Well, got that in the bag then. Let's move on to uh, the second story in film this week, which is a little bit of a follow-up to the story we talked about, where Marvel's VFX in-house VFX artists joined IATSE. Well, now visual effects workers at Walt Disney Pictures proper have voted unanimously in favor of unionizing with IATSE as well in an election held by the National Labor Relations Board. The 13 and zero vote comes just just weeks after uh, VFX workers at Marvel did their vote during, of course, the ongoing, or in this case, as of the writing of the story, ongoing WGA and SAG after strikes as the guilds continue to seek their fair contracts with the producers. 
Mac Robinson, a VFX senior coordinator, said, quote, for so long we've wanted the same protections as everyone else, but there was no hope in sight. Winning this election was a long fight, but I'm proud to say it's been won by each and every VFX worker wanting a brighter, sustainable future, end quote. The 18 crew members who work in-house at Walt Disney Studios seek fair compensation for all hours worked, adequate health care, and retirement benefits. With the workers behind the vote, the union's next step is to engage in collective bargaining negotiations with Disney executives to draft a contract that addresses the workers' needs. Negotiation dates for these uh, talks have yet to be set, but I imagine it will follow the template now set by Marvel's talks. Yep, and just like with those Marvel VFX workers, this one is also unanimously 13 to 0. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, now Disney's just going to have a template, a blueprint, and just say, hey, here's the exact same thing, which can be good, mm. can be bad. But I think that since w, the WGA just got their own deal mm-hmm. done, look for that to be the template going forward. Yes historically that is how it's worked so historically the odds are in their favor certainly here Mm -hmm. so yeah good for them of course again it we will continue saying this until it happens this does not solve the labor problem in visual effects because so much of visual effects work is contracted unless the contractors figure out like like are able to get deals like this going we still will have a labor problem in visual effects, especially on Disney films. They're the worst perpetrator of this. They contract out all this work because they're trying to avoid union shops. So it'll be interesting to see if we get smaller unions propagating around these contractual uh, studios. So Disney will have no choice then to interact with unions. That's the hope. So we'll see. Yep. Uh, like we said last week with Marvel, it is the in-house production sites. Right. This is in-house for Disney. Yeah. So good for them, but hey, it's only the beginning. So we'll see yep. how it works out. But the beginning for them and the end for us. Yes. Thank you for joining us. That will wrap up this episode of the Media Boat Podcast. We'll be back next week for more. Like you said, we'll wrap up this season of Only Murders in the Building. We'll talk about maybe that Drake record. I don't know. And we'll talk about all sorts of other stuff. I know it's October here in our household. We'll probably start watching some spooky movies. So maybe we'll talk about those. Uh, Disney's um, The Haunted Mansion comes out. Uh, we'll talk about that. Also, Loki comes out this week. So we'll talk about that as well. Disney Plus stuff. And you'll wrap up Ahsoka next week as well. Yep. Uh, In the meantime, we'll talk about all sorts of other stuff that we don't even know about yet. So tune in next week for that. In the meantime, you can find our video versions of our podcast on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Media Boat Podcast to find our channel. Like, subscribe, and click the bell for notifications when new videos are uploaded. You can also find us in audio form if you'd rather listen to us in your ears exclusively. On podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon iHeartRadio, and Spotify, as well as any other services that I missed there. You can find us on social media platforms like Twitter slash X, where we're at MediaBoatCast. Facebook, search Podcast to find us there. Twitch.tv slash MediaBoat, where you can find us playing video games every once in a while. You just recently streamed some Disney Speedstorm. And you can also find us on 
mediaboatpodcast.com, which is a helpful archive for our shows, as well as places worth writing where we talk about some of our longer thoughts about things that we've enjoyed this year. Last but definitely not least, if you want to email us questions about the show, questions for us, just things you want to know, comments about anything, you can email us on mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com, and we will read those emails here on the show. So thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week for all that and more. So see you guys next time. Yep, we'll be back next week with more news, more thoughts, and more of us. Look forward to it. All right, bye. Bye.